Holy Spirit, Father God, we give you thanks for Tony, for the word that he is going to bring that's from your heart. We pray, Lord, for uh, that you anoint his lips, that you give him the boldness and the courage to speak the word that you've given him. And Lord, that you prepare our hearts so that as we receive it, Lord, that we'll be effective in your kingdom. Lord, we give you thanks for this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. <laughs> so cool, eh? So cool to be up here. Thank you, Dion, for the opportunity. Morning, folks. Throughout this whole morning, I've just seen the thread of what I'm going to be preaching on, of what God has um, laid on my heart for us. Um, and there's the title to the message is that uh, who we are in Christ and then also the authority that we have in Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but this morning when we walked in here, the mood was somber. Things were just, people were just down. And Alex came and he said, come on, let's be old. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate Christmas. Um, and it was still somber. And then there were a couple of words that came through. And um, those words started picking up the mood and started picking up the people in the meeting. So when we, when we stand yesterday and when we listen to God's word, we need to be in a place where we understand the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We understand who we are actually dealing with, who we are serving, our Lord our Savior, our King. To come to this place and be all somber and you've got God in you, you have to change that in your heart. Because if you don't change it in your heart, then you're not serving Jesus, I don't think, in your heart. So I believe in the Word of God. I believe in God our Father. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Are we putting up scriptures? We are. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the God, the Father, I believe in. I believe in Christ the Son. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And a voice from heaven, this is my Son, I love, and I'm well pleased. So we see that God loved His Son. And He said from heaven, this is my Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Isn't that awesome, eh? So we've got that stamp. God is giving Jesus the stamp of approval by his spirit, right there when Jesus is baptized. Um, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and that is God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because that is our Father. He is three in one, and I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, who was raised from the dead. And if it was not Jesus who was raised from the dead, I don't think any single person would be here today, would you? Yeah, so... We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that he dwells in us and that he is a gift from God. And because he dwells in us, we have so much that he has given us, so much delegated authority, so much power, so much of him. So we have not to be somber. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Okay. Um, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So we see that God 
the Holy Spirit came down and gave us this power. And um, we've, given the, we've been given the authority over the evil one as well. We read in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them the power and the authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. This is Jesus. He gave the disciples authority. He's given us the authority to do these things, the delegated authority of God our Father. When Jesus called, um, in Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and to 20, it says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like a lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to weed, to tread on serpents and scorpions, and all over the power of the, of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. So we have the power over the Satan. We have the power over Satan. We can stamp on him, and we can say, I have the power over you because God has given me that power. Not you. You don't have any power over me. God has given me the power over you. Um, isn't that awesome, eh? that we have that power, that we have God in our lives, that, he, that he's given us as a free gift, and we just need to step into it and follow him, and, and, and we've got that gift. So, you know, the question is, who are we in Christ Jesus? You know, we are preordained. We are selected by God when we are formed in our mother's wombs. Before time, God had a plan for you and he had a plan for me. Before time. Hey? Isn't that awesome? A plan for you and a plan for me. You, every single person here, is not a mistake. You're not just another person. You're not a number in the corporate world. You're not a number in the army. I don't know if you, the older guys are here, do you remember your army number? You're just a number. Um, but God had a plan for you from day one. You are ever, that is every single person over here, have to decide whether you want to be part of that plan or not by accepting him as Lord and Savior. If you want to be part of that plan, you have to accept him. You have to follow Jesus. And then you'll be part of that plan. If you, don't, if you have not accepted him, if you are on the fence and you're sort of not right there, I encourage you today, fall in line. Get on track with God so that his plan for you can be fulfilled. Your friends and your family do not see you as God. God sees you as a champion. He sees you as a winner. And we look at um, Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. We're just going to read that quickly. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What was the wisdom that has been given to him? What are the remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't these his sisters with us? And then this wonderful thing over here, and they took offense at him. They were offended. Eh? In his own hometown, these people were offended that he was speaking all these things. They didn't understand who he was, so they got offended. Eh? Jesus says to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and his home. 
He could not do any miracles except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their, at their lack of faith. Isn't that crazy, eh? I mean, even God, God the Father, the Son, with all the power that he had, people saw him and they didn't see him for who he is. Eh? But there's a big but there. God sees you. He sees you, the person that you are. He sees your potential. He sees your greatness. He sees you and he sees your authority. And you know what? Hey, he's interested in you. Because if he wasn't interested in you, you wouldn't be here today. He wouldn't have come and died on the cross for you and for me. So look to the person on your left and say to them, God is interested in you. Say to them, he loves you. And he sees you. He sees you. He sees me. He sees us all. Isn't that awesome, eh? So, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Therefore, as anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and all has become new. The old has passed away. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is who you are in Christ. You're a new creation. Spiritually, you are new. But we look at this thing and we say, how can I be new? You know, I mean, I can't be new. In the spiritual sense, we are new. The old has been put away, and the new has come. So when you look at yourself, what do you see? What is your evaluation of yourself? We often evaluate ourselves like this. Now listen to this. This is a tongue twister, and I hope you, I get this tongue twister right, because it's, it's quite a thing. I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what you think I am. I'll repeat it again. I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what you think I am. Do you get it? No. Okay. So, in other words, this is it. I think of myself in a certain way. And I think that you see, let me just say that again. I think that you think of me in a certain way. And I think that, that I'm like that. So what you think of me, okay, is what I think I am. So I don't see myself as myself. I see what you see me as. And that's not the right way to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's all wrong. Our perception can't be based on what other people think of us. So the evaluation should always be, what does God think of me? And not what does man think of me? I'd like to change this quote this, this guy said. I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what God says I am. Hey? What does God say I am? Who does God say I am? So human nature is naturally consumed for approval, comparison. We're always comparing against each other. We're always thinking, you know, what does this guy think about me? How am I dressed? And all that sort of stuff. And um, our identity um, is not found in, in, in God. It's found in what we think people think about us. And some people are, are great and some people are others are, are not great. But at the same time, we're all made in the image of God. We all are children 
of the living God, sons and daughters of the living God. So our priorities should be aligning with Jesus every day, the biblical truth. And when that happens, our GPS will be to do his will and will be to be what he wants us to be. So through scripture, creation purposely um, placed people and we began to do Thank you, Stephen. It's the worst thing that can happen to you when you're busy thinking. But Mark goes there. (laughs) So we begin to discover what God says we are. In Christ Jesus, I am possible. I am powerful. I am mighty. I am strong. And I'm able. And I am more than able. More than able. Hey? question today is, where's your identity? How do you think you are? How do you think you are in Christ Jesus? You know? Um, So in the world, the disciples asked Jesus, explain salvation to us so that we can know what the work of salvation is. And God said, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. It's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we are having done. Nor can we boast about it. It is free. We can't work for it. We can't do anything for it. God gave us that. And we find our identity in him. We find we are possible in him. We are found we are powerful and mighty in him. We are found that we are strong in him. We are more than conquerors in him. We are no longer in darkness but in the light. We walk as children of the light. We are the light of the world, a city, um, a light of the world, a city set on a hill, a city, sorry. God has called us and he has chosen us. He has chosen every single one of us in this room. And we often ask that question, you know, where are you going? Have you been called? I want to tell every single person, yeah, you know what? God called you already. You were called when you got saved. So the question you should be asking, Lord, is where am I going? What are you preparing me for? Is it to the street corner? Is it to remain in springs? Is it to go to the ends of the earth for the gospel? Um, So we know that we're a saint. We're a servant. We are stewards. We are soldiers. We are witnesses. We are workers. And through Jesus, we are victorious. We have a glorious future. Every single person over here has a glorious future. We are citizens of heaven, and we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, hey? So now that we've laid that groundwork for who we are in Jesus, I just want to touch on what is our authority in Jesus. But before we go there, we need to go and lay a bit of a foundation if I give you a gift, say for example I give, I'm not going to do this, but if I give somebody this iPad, because this has got too much on it, I can't give it to you. <laughs> but it, let's say for example I give this to um, Jenny, for example, and I say, Jenny, this is yours, it's a gift, it belongs to you. Jenny can take this thing, she can change the cover, she can scratch it, she can, 
change the settings on it. She can take all the photographs or she can do whatever she wants to this thing because this thing then becomes hers. I have no say over this thing anymore. This does not belong to me. It belongs to Jenny. So if Jenny takes this thing and she drops it on the ground, she breaks it, I can't say to Jenny, why did you break that thing I gave you? I can't say to Jenny, you can't sell it. I can't say to Jenny, listen here, Jenny. Sorry for picking on you, Jenny. <laughs> I, I can't say to Jenny, you know what, I, I didn't say you can do that. I didn't say that you can go and sell it for more than I paid for it. Because I have absolutely no jurisdiction over this thing. I've got no dominion over this thing because I've already given it away. It is hers. It's not mine. It's her gift. And she got it for nothing. But what do we do? We put a handle on everything that we give her. But God didn't do that. You know, when, when, when we go back to the Garden of Eden and, and God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth, dominion, he gave them everything. He said, this is your authority. This is what you, you do what you want to with what I've given you. So they had a delegated authority. They had power, they had jurisdiction, they had control, they had command, they had sway, they had dominion. Um, they had all these things that they could do. And I don't think they realized the power that they had. I don't think they realized the dominion and what that actually meant. Because as we know, Satan came with his con um, craftiness and he took that power away from them. He took the dominion away from them. And they fell. And when they fell, that dominion, that power was taken away from us. That authority was removed from you and me. So we couldn't do anything. We there's no control that we could do. So what do we need to do? What, what, what could we do? There's nothing we could do. Absolutely nothing. God had to come back as his son. He had to die for you and me. And he had to take that authority back. But when he came... We saw that, we see that in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, Satan takes him into the desert. Or, or Jesus goes and he fasts, and then Satan gets hold of him and he says, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. And Jesus always comes back and says, in the name of Jesus, in the name of my Father, um, you don't have authority over me. Satan tried to trick Jesus. And he tried to say to him, yeah, but if you do this and worship me, then, you know, everything will be cool and all that sort of stuff. But Satan didn't know that Jesus knew his tricks. He knew his tricks. So when he died on the cross, three days he was in the tomb, and he rose again. And Satan was thinking, well, he's gone. He's hit the road. He's, it's over. Authority's still mine. But he comes back. Because he was sinless, remember? He had no sin on him. And he brings that authority back to us through the Holy Spirit. So now, guess what? Adam and Eve can't fall anymore. We can fall as man, and we can still be tricked as man, all of us, okay? But we have the power over that. We have the delegated authority of Jesus Christ in our lives when we come to know him. And because Jesus has taken back that authority, we can stand in the gap and we can say, Lord, thank you for the authority that you have given us. We knew that you rose from the dead 
And so, <coughs> and, and just to prove this, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means hurt you. So, we have authority over Satan. Spiritually and in our minds. Because where does Satan work? He works here. And he tells you that you're a loser, that you're a nobody, that you don't have authority, that you can't do anything. The teacher that tells you at school sometimes, you'll never do anything, you'll never make it. What does Satan do? He puts that in your mind and he plays with you and he plays with you and he plays with you. But then when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you have that authority back. So we, know, we need to know what it is. We need to know that it belongs to us. And we need to know how to use the authority. So what is authority? Authority is, Let's call it delegated power. So for example, if I'm a policeman and I'm um, standing in, in the traffic and I hold, hold up my hand, car stops, and I go to the guy, sir, ma'am, give me your driver's license. You were speeding um, and you get a ticket. That guy is backed by the law. And that's why he's allowed to do that. So we have that authority in Christ Jesus. And um, we can't do it our own, in our own strength. We do it in the delegated authority of God. And guess what? When we do those things, we are backed by God's power. All that power of God. I mean, just think about this. I mean, God created the heaven and the earth. He created you, formed me, and he formed you. And you have that authority through the Holy Spirit. You have that authority. How, how do we sink that into our spirits, that we have that authority of Jesus? Um, so we have God's power. We have God's power and his authority. Um, and the only way we do that is we, we know that it belongs to us. So he transferred his authority to the body, his church. Because we know that he is the head and we are the body. And when he was raised from the dead, he transferred his power over to us as um, believers. We see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, the word says, um, God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we were united with Christ Jesus. Both the head and the body are seated there, next to God in the place of the power and authority. That means you are seated, that's you, are seated in the power position. And you are his heir. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says, that means that everything that is his, including his authority, now belongs to us. The word says that, not me. The word says that. So I can send you, I can tell you all kinds of stuff, but that's what the word says. So you can't say to me, oh, but you're talking nonsense. Because I'm not. Because that's what the word says. We need to understand and we need to settle it in our hearts that we have that authority of Jesus. It is that authority that we have. So how do we use it? The door to exercising authority of Christ hinges on Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, and Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. These verses say that we are seated with Christ, in God with Christ. 
And I encourage you to meditate on this until you fully grasp the revelation that you are seated with him and that you are the one he moves through. As believers, God moves through us. So when adversity arises, we use our authority by speaking the word. And we use the name of Jesus. One, two. Okay, so he moves through us, and when adversity comes, we use the authority, and when, when sickness comes, we can command that sickness. We can tell that sickness, go in the name of Jesus, because we have been given that authority to speak to that sickness. And we can say to that sickness, you have no place here. You have no place in my life, and you no, have no place in this person's life. And if we understand that authority that we have, I tell you, this world we will be different people. This church would be full. Because we have that authority and we need to understand that authority, we would be speaking to people all over and all around us. And people would be coming to us and saying, by what authority do you do this? Who do you do this through? Why do we um, listen to you? And you can turn around and say, because I know Jesus. Do you want to know Jesus, my Father, my Savior? you can have the same authority that I have. Eh? Isn't that awesome? Eh? Is that penny starting to drop just a little bit in your, in your heart? Um, so where am I? So let's say, for example, um, so everybody knows I have a business, and um, I have a wife and a son um, that are in the business with me. And I'm the owner of the business. I'm the executive. I run the business. So when I walk into that place, I walk in that, into that place with authority. And when I ask somebody to do something, they have to do it because I'm the owner of the business. Obviously, it depends what it is. But when it's work-related, they have to do what I ask them to do. Yeah. But I, if I tell them to go jump in the lake, I don't think they'll do that, eh? Hey? <laughs> But the authority that I carry is the authority that I own that business. My title is the business owner. And then Candace works with me. She's also owner in the business. She has the same authority as me. But I have the higher authority because I'm the man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I have the authority because I, I'm actually, I'm, my name is on the title deed of the business, so I am the authority. But because Candace is my wife, she's got that dele delegated authority of mine. And because Sinjin is in the business with me, he carries my authority in the business. And it's exactly that when we work, when when we are in Christ Jesus. We carry the weight of Jesus. We carry the authority of Jesus in what we do. Isn't that amazing? Eh? That's, that's a really good practical example of the authority that we carry. So your identity is in God. Your authority is in God. Your authority is in the fact that you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. When he died on that cross, 
and you accept me as personal Lord and Savior, you have that authority. Um, so when you use the name of Jesus, you are backed by the power, and that's all the power of heaven, all the power of God. You are backed by that name. It's so awesome, eh? So Jesus made it very clear, and the key is um, to all authority. We, whatever we ask in my name, I will do it, and the Father may be glorified to the Son. Um, I will do that, that the fiery Father may be glorified in the Son. So when we do things, and we use the authority that we have, God needs to be glorified. So we glorify Jesus in the things that we do. And we bring, we bring glory to God with whatever we do. Because if there's no glory to God, then we shouldn't be doing what we do. We, we as believers, as leaders, we give all glory and honor to God. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's not for our self-gain. It's for, for God to give him glory. It's part of our worship. That's what it becomes. So I want to read chapter, um, Acts Chapter 3, verse, I don't think you've got that scripture, that scripture Gabriel. Um, <coughs> are you doing all right for time, Steve? Are you good? Okay. Well, we're a bit late. Okay, so I'm going to, Acts chapter 3, from verse 1 to verse 8. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man... A certain lame man in his mother's womb was carried in the womb and lay daily at the gate at the temple, which was called Beautiful, who asked for alms and then entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Sorry, this is just very confusing for me for some reason. Um, so let me, let me just paraphrase this. Um, in, in verse 6 it says, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles and his bones received strength, and he leaped up and he stood, and he started praising God. Now, they had nothing to give him but they had authority of Jesus. And that authority that they had, they said, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. His body listened to the authority they had. They had the delegated authority of Jesus Christ. You have the same authority as believers. So in, con in conclusion, my, my, my wish for you today is that you understand who you are in Christ. You're not a nobody. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. I want you to understand the position that you have as a believer and that you work it out and settle the understanding and belief of the power that you have in Jesus Christ. Read cha Ephesians chapter thir 3, verse 18 to 19. It says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes the knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. 
When you understand that, you understand who you are in God and you understand your authority in Jesus Christ. And finally, if you don't know about this Jesus that I'm speaking about, if you have absolutely no clue about this Jesus, I want you to come and speak to me after the meeting so that I can show you who this Jesus is. We can have a chat about him and we can pray and um, that your life may be changed forever because it is life-changing. Amen. Thank you. Will you pray for us?